Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Amen. Thank you, uh, team, for leading us in worship. And thank you, Joe, uh, for that announcement. So good to see you. Uh, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Hebrews uh, chapter 12 and reading uh, from verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12. I want to read uh, from verse 1. So good to hear that uh, in our uh, city, uh, even our nation, the restrictions uh, are being um, relaxed. And so we're looking forward to being able to meet together in some capacity uh, in the coming month or so. And we, as a team, are already working on this. And uh, we will uh, let you know, keep you posted as soon as we get more information uh, from our government. But right now, uh, let's go to the Word of God, Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to read from verse 1. Uh, the Bible says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded uh, by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you this morning in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for this opportunity to even gather together as the church to worship you and to glorify you. And we just invite you by the Holy Spirit uh, to come into our homes and wherever it is that we're watching, uh, Father, this service today, Father. I just pray that you would come by your Spirit. Father, we're hungry to hear a word from you, Lord God. We just don't want more information. What we need is to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit that would speak to us. Father, even as I share, Father, let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation, I pray. Father, let your gifts be in operation, Lord God. Speak to us. We bind every work of the enemy, every distraction, every lie of the devil. We come against it in Jesus' name. Let there be freedom, Father God, to hear your word. Let there be a sense of faith as we, um, as we go into your word today, we pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Um, in 2013, I uh, preached a series entitled uh, Great Men and Women of Faith. Um, I'm sure you remember that series and I want to continue with it. Um, but, uh, you know, you can be relaxed because I'm not going to be repeating any of the sermons because I'm sure you can remember every sermon that I preached and every point that I said. So I won't, I won't, I won't be repeating anything, so don't worry about that. It'll be new content. Um, Hebrews chapter 11 begins with the definition of faith. It's a powerful verse that speaks to us about what faith is. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. This is what the ancients were commended for. What is it that the ancients were commended for? What, what is it that the great men and women of God in the Old Testament were commended for? I tell you what they were commended for. They were commended for their faith. And faith is, I haven't got this just yet. 
Um, but I know that God is going to come through in the name of Jesus. As Christians, as believers, we are called to be people of faith. We are called to walk by faith and not by sight. And, and today, even as we gather together, we're coming together in faith, believing that God is going to minister to us. Hebrews chapter 11 then continues and says, that, uh, it talks about the different men and women of faith. It speaks about giants like Abraham and Moses, ordinary people uh, like Rahab, people that saw God do some amazing things. And then there were people who didn't see great things happen, but were still considered people of faith, were still commended uh, for their faith. And then we go into uh, chapter 12, which says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Now you need to get a picture of what the writer is saying here. He's using imagery uh, of the Olympics. And um, I want you, uh, want you to imagine the Olympic marathon. The runners are running uh, the race. Uh, last couple of kilometers of the, uh, 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 the marathon is usually run in the stadium. So the runners will run into the stadium and run uh, the last couple of laps uh, in the stadium itself. And, you know, as they enter the stadium, uh, the crowds uh, are cheering, the crowds are roaring. And for some reason, just the, the uh, difference or the, the, the effect of the, of the crowd gives the runners an, ex, an extra boost, um, which is powerful. And the, the writer was writing to a Greek audience who understood uh, the power of this particular image. And the writer was saying, you know, listen, just as a runner is encouraged by the cheer of the crowd, we too have a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on as we run the race of life. Um, in the crowd are people like Abraham and Moses, um, Esther, and the list goes on and on. And I can just imagine uh, them cheering us on um, and saying, come on, you can, you can do this. You can, you can run the race that's been marked out for you. Um, now, when a crowd cheers, you can't hear one voice from the other. But what if they could step out of the crowd and run alongside of you, what, what would they say? What would they say? What would they say about the things that they've learned in life? What words of wisdom would they give us? Um, what would they say to encourage us as we're running our race in life? Uh, verse 3 says, this is important because so that we will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, I've been through many uh, running phases in my life. Um, you know, I get this uh, epiphany th thinking, you know, I've got to start jogging. I've got to start running. And so I'll, I will start running and um, it'll happen for one or two days. But as soon as I start running, uh, I, I get into the race and pretty soon my body starts to talk to me. And it says, come on, Joe, we need a break. Um, we, we, we need a break. Every cell in my body starts to talk to me and pretty soon I've stopped because I need to catch my breath and so on. And life is a bit like that. At times we start the Christian life with, with such enthusiasm. It's going to be amazing. And we, 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 we start walking with God with, with so much energy and, and strength. But as, as we walk in our Christian walk, at times we, we stumble and fall. And sometimes we get tired and we get weary. 
And the temptation becomes so strong to give up and to stop and to throw in the towel. It's in those times that what can help us is to run with some of the great men and women of faith. So this morning, we're going to look at one of the great men of faith, and and I'm going to pray that that his life is going to speak into our lives. Because maybe this morning, as, as as you're listening to this message, maybe you're feeling weary, and maybe you're feeling tired. And maybe for some reason you've tripped and you've, you've fallen in your walk with God. And my prayer is that the life of Paul would begin to speak to us. And I kind of want to, you just imagine Paul kind of stepping out of the crowd and, and uh, he's on the sidelines and, and, and he's running alongside of us and he's speaking to us and he's encouraging us. And the question for us is, more, what, what, what would he say? What would the Apostle Paul say to you and to me? What would he say? What would he say to encourage us? I believe that one of the central thoughts that Paul would would say is keep on running because God has a purpose for your life. Because God has a purpose for your life. Key verse, I believe, in the life of Paul, and there's quite a number of verses there, but but I like this one here, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, which Paul was writing from a prison cell. This is what he says, and he's encouraging the church of Philippi. He says this, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Now, this is towards the end of his life, right? So he's getting towards the end of his life, and he's saying, "I I don't think I'm there yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind... And straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in, in Christ Jesus. Now, just look, look at the focus and the determination of his life. But one thing I do, it's not many things, but it's, it's this one thing I do, forgetting what has been, and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. For, toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. And so as, as we think about the life of the Apostle Paul, I, I, I've just pulled out three or four thoughts that I believe would speak to our lives. And I just pray that these thoughts would speak to us today, that it, that it would encourage all of us here today. And, and the, the first thought that comes from the life of the Apostle Paul, I believe Paul would say to us, if you want to fulfill the purpose of God for your life, remember Jesus, remember where it started, Remember the encounter you had with Jesus because that's where it all starts. Uh, Philippians uh, 3, I've just read from, from verse 13, but listen to what verse 12 says. It says this, not that I have already obtained all of this. Now here he is saying this, it's the same thing. He's just saying it in a, different, in a different way. Or have already arrived at my goal. Now, the Apostle Paul had experienced incredible things. He had inc- experienced incredible miracles, incredible revelations from God. But here he's saying, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I haven't arrived yet. But I press on, there's that word again, to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. Um, One of the things that's going to help us in our walk with God when when we're getting weary and when we're getting tired, one of the things that's going to remember, that's going to help us in those times is to remember what Jesus has done in our life, to remember where we were without Jesus and to remember what Jesus has done in our life. The incredible transformation through a relationship with Jesus Christ. If we're going to be people that God has called us to be, it begins with an encounter with Jesus. And Paul remembered this clearly because Paul had this incredible salvation story. Most of us know the story of the Apostle Paul. Uh, he was a religious terrorist. That's what he was. 
a persecutor of the church. Uh, He would go around uh, uh, grabbing Christians, throwing them into prisons. He would confiscate their properties. He would have Christians murdered. In fact, on this particular day, he was on his way to Damascus. He'd got some letters from the governor and uh, he was on his way uh, to Damascus uh, to to persecute more Christians, to have more Christians thrown into prison. As he's on this road, he has an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Bible says he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Immediately, Paul obeyed, went to the house of Ananias. And it's a great story. Ananias prays for him. Uh, He's immediately baptized in water, wants to be recognized as a follower of Jesus Christ. And from that moment on, his life was radically changed. The interesting thing I find about Paul was before his encounter, um, he was uh, zealous for the things of God. He loved God. He thought he was pleasing God. As he was persecuting the Christians, he was actually thinking he was following the plans of God. He was doing the will of God. He thought he was on God's side, but yet he was so far from God. Like Paul, there are many people who think they're, they're doing okay with God. They're serving God. They have their own brand of Christianity. But if we're going to be everything that God has called us to be, if we're to run the race marked out for us, it begins with having a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. It begins with giving our life to Jesus Christ. It begins by opening up our heart to Jesus and saying, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I, 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 I want to know you and I want to serve you. There is nothing more powerful about having an encounter with Jesus Christ. Wherever Paul went, he told the story. I was a persecutor of the church. Then I met Jesus and my life was changed and I was never the same again. There are some of you who are listening to this service today. You know that God is real. You believe in God. You, you love God, there's no doubt about it, but you've never had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. You've never invited Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Let me tell you, being the person that God has called you to be, fulfilling the purpose of God for your life starts by giving your life to Jesus. It doesn't start by being religious or following some religious rituals. It happens by inviting Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life. And when Christ appeared to Paul on the Damascus Road, the Bible says he was blinded. At one particular point, he was was blinded physically. But in reality, Paul was blinded spiritually even way before that. And Jesus then says to him, go to the house of Ananias. I love what the Bible says here in Acts chapter 9, verse 17. Listen to what happens. And laying his hands on him, this is Ananias on the Apostle Paul, he says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. When when you give your life to Jesus Christ, It's like your eyes are opened and suddenly you see the world, you see yourself, you see God with completely different eyes. And I believe that if Paul was running with us, 
he would be saying, remember the encounter you had with Jesus. He, he would be saying, remember, what, remember who you were before Jesus. Remember what Jesus has done in your life. There are some of you that are weary and tired today. There are some of you that are kind of struggling in your walk with God. You've kind of lost focus as to what life is for you. And you've kind of lost your way a little bit. Remember who you were before Jesus. And remember what Jesus has done in your life. And maybe there are some of you here today, you, you, you've never ever invited Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Can, can I tell you, uh, 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 that's where it all begins. Paul's life changed complete trajectory when he gave his life to Jesus Christ, when he had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. You will never be the same again when you give your life to Jesus. Why not do that today? Why not do that right where you are this morning? Why not say, Jesus, I, I, I want to give you my life. I want to serve you. You're not an accident. You are here by divine purpose. And you will understand that purpose as you give your life to Jesus Christ, when you open up your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Second thing I believe Paul would say is, remember you're called by God. Again, Paul says in Philippians, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. It's a powerful verse. Paul lived with a deep sense of purpose in his life. He, 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 he lived with a deep sense of call in his life. He knew he wasn't an accident. He knew that God had called him for such a time as this. If there's something that makes us tired and weary, it's the, it's the monotony of life. It's the, it's the humdrum of life. It's the boredom of life. And I, I don't want you to know that it, if, um, if we're to be everything that God has called us to be, if we're, if we're to run the race that has been marked out for us, we need to get a revelation that we're not here by accident and that God has a purpose for our life. Uh, there's another scripture. It's not going to come up on your screen. It's uh, uh, where Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and he says, Paul, called to be an apostle by the will of God. It's a, it's a, it's a really simple verse, but yet it's a, it's a powerful verse. Paul understood that he was called by God, that his life was not an accident. Um, and he understood not, not only that he was called by God, because some people understand that, but he also had a revelation of the nature of that call. He doesn't say he was a prophet. He doesn't say he was an evangelist, although he was an evangelist, although he spoke about uh, Jesus. I mean, he preached the gospel, but, it, but he knew that there was a sense that he was called to be an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I like even the way he finishes that off and he says, by the will of God. I want you to know that there's no greater place than we can be in our lives than to be in the will of God. To be doing exactly what God has called us to do, to serve his purposes and to honor Jesus with our lives. You know, this week um, we lost another of the great giants uh, of faith. Uh, we lost uh, uh, Ravi Zacharias, went to be with the Lord um, this week and um, you know, he had such a, a deep sense of call on his life um, um, and great sense of purpose and determination in his life uh, um, about proclaiming the truths of Jesus Christ. You know, most people just go through the motions of life. Most people uh, just go through one day after another after another. 
For some people, their goal is to you know, get married, buy a house, have children, pay debt, um, save for retirement, choose a nursing home, hopefully die at a ripe old age as long as you've got your marbles. Um, and that's, 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 that's people's life. That's people's expectation of life. Oh, I just want you to know that you were created for more than that. Nothing wrong with any of those things, just for the record. There's, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But you were created for more than that. That God has created us for purpose. That God has wired us up with certain passions and giftings and desires. And that when we get an understanding of the call of God in our lives, it's just powerful. It changes the way we live. It changes the way we view our lives. It changes what we do. It changes our desires. It changes our passions. St. Augustine said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So, so much of what we do has no eternal significance. But as we begin to tap into the purposes of God for our life, as, as we choose to serve the purposes of God, we can experience the grace of God, the mercy of God. We experience uh, purpose and, 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 and satisfaction and meaning in our lives. You know, the Bible talks about Esther. You know the story. And, and Esther had to approach the king. There was a chance she could die. And, and she's going, you know what? I'm not going to do it. And Mordecai says, who knows that God has not called you for such a time as this? And who knows that God has not called you for such a time as this? Who knows that God has not brought you here in this city, in our nation, for such a time as this to do a work for him? Question, big question is, you know, how do we discover the call of God upon our life? I get, I get that, Pastor Joe. I get, I get that I'm here for a reason, but I just don't know what that is. And how do I discover what that call is upon my life. Well, it's, it's, pretty, it's, it's not complicated. It's not complex. It's pretty simple. All you need to do is just start to pray. Lord, do something with my life. Lord, use me for your glory. And as you do that, God will begin to do a work in your life. God wants you to do his will more than you want to do his will. And, you know, all he's looking for is permission to start to reveal himself to you. And, and he needs you to be able to give him that permission to begin to work in your life. And that's why it starts off with a simple prayer. Okay, Lord, I know that, I know that you've called me. I know that, 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 that I'm here by divine purpose. I want to know what that is. And you've heard me say many times, I remember when I was in my, in my teenage years, you know, 18 or so, 19 or whatever, I just started to pray a simple prayer. I heard sermons exactly like this sermon here today that, that we're listening today. And I, and, I, and, and I just started to pray a simple prayer. I said, okay, God, I know, I know that I'm here for a reason. I want to know what that reason is. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to get to the end of my life and discover that you had so much more for me, Lord God. I want to live for you. I don't want to just live a normal life. I don't want to live an ordinary life. Nothing wrong with any of that. But I want to be the person you have called me to be. Do something with my life. As I began to pray that prayer, God, God began to speak to me. God began to direct me. No, not that direction. Go this direction. No, don't do that. Do this instead. And as you, as, you, as you begin to desire to do the will of God, God, God will prepare you for what he has for you. God will begin to prepare you for the work that he has assigned for you. He will lead you and he will guide you by his spirit. Some of you are saying, I don't, I don't think I could be used by God, Pastor Joe. It's okay for you because you're a nice person, but, but, but I'm, I'm a terrible person. 
And the only reason why you're saying that is because you don't know me. Um, some of you are saying, I've done terrible things. You, I don't think I could ever be used by God. We, we, we so easily disqualify ourselves for being used by God. So many of us give in to condemnation. So many of us give in to that voice of the enemy that says, you could never be used by God. But I'm glad we're studying the life of the Apostle Paul because he should encourage all of us. Paul says, Philippians 13, he says, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I mean, if there was someone who, was, who should have been disqualified for the, for the cause of Jesus Christ, it should have been the Apostle Paul. Can you, can you just imagine, there he was on his horse watching as they, was, as they were killing Stephen for the faith. And he was giving assent to that. He would walk into, into people's homes that were, that were serving God and he would kill people, have them thrown in, into prison. If there was someone who should never have been used by God, it was the Apostle Paul. And yet God, God, God came to him. As, as he was on that Damascus road, God revealed himself to him. Jesus revealed himself to him. And he was never the same again. So many times Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Paul understood something about the power of the grace of God. He understood something about the mercy of God. And, I, and again, I just love that scripture. He says, forgetting what is behind, straining toward, towards what is ahead. The enemy, the enemy always wants to bring us back. The, the enemy always wants to bring us back into our past. The enemy always wants to bring us uh, to remember all the negative things that have happened in our lives and the negative things we have done. God is always wanting to bring us into the future. God is not so much interested in our past. He's interested in our future. And he has a great future for us. Paul was used by God not because he was perfect, but because of the grace and the mercy of God. When you get a revelation of the fact that your life has purpose, that you've been chosen by God, that you're not an accident, something changes in you. You start to live differently. And I, and I believe that if Paul was running alongside of us, I believe if Paul would, was, was running next to us, he would say, remember you're called by God. Remember, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Third thing I, I believe Paul would say is, make it your ambition to know Christ. If you're to be everything that God has called you to be, if we're to run the race marked out for us, one of the things we need to do is purpose in our hearts to know Christ. So often when we think about calling, we think, you know, am I an apostle? Am I a prophet, an evangelist? Um, and, and maybe God has called you to one of those vocations. But the primary vocation for all of us is to know Christ. Paul says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. Paul prayed to the Ephesians, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious um, Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him. What, what's, what's the greatest thing that we can do in life? The greatest purpose in life is to know Christ in a greater way. I wonder, do you know him? So many of us have a superficial knowledge of God. So many of us know about God. So many of us know the stories about God. But very few of us know God really for who he is. Very few of us have taken the time to develop our relationship with God. The Bible says about Moses, I love this. It says the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. 
That's the kind of relationship that God wants us to have, that God wants you to have with him. God, speaking of Moses, said, I, 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 I have known you by name. I wonder, does God know us by name? Job said, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. One of the great challenges that I, that I, as I have as a pastor is, is and, and one of the positive things that have come out of this season that we're all in is that, you know, coming to church can give us a false sense of a security about our relationship with God. We can think, well, I come to church or I'm a Christian and, and you know, I'm, I'm close to God. Not necessarily so. So many of us, even those of us that have grown up in church, we know about God, but we don't really know who he is. If we're going to be everything that God has called us to be, then we need to know Christ. How, how do you do that? It's not that hard at all. Just read the word, talk to God, spend time with other believers. Again, it's, it's, it's a desire of the heart that says, Lord, I just want to know you. I want to get closer to you. I want to be everything you've called me to be. One final thing Paul would say is remember, God can use you even when you're in isolation. God can use you even when you're going through hard times. If there was someone who experienced hard times, it was the Apostle Paul, uh, 2 Corinthians 11. He says this, I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, flogged more severely, uh, and been exposed to death again and again, shipwrecks, beatings, famine. Paul experienced all of it and lots of it. But in all of that, he never wavered in his faith. What's interesting, at the end of his life, he ends up in Rome. He believed that God had called him to go to Rome to preach the gospel. And when he gets there, he's thrown into a prison. He's isolated. He's not allowed to go out. He's not allowed to see anyone. He's alone. He's been abandoned by the, the, the people that loved him the most. And I, I don't know about you, and, but if I was the Apostle Paul, I, I would start to complain just a little bit. I would, I would have said, God, what are you doing? I've served you all of my life. And here I am getting towards the end of my life and I'm in isolation. What I love about the Apostle Paul is that he was a man of faith. He was a man that made it his ambition to serve Christ no matter where he was. And here he was in prison instead of complaining. He says to the Philippians, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And while he's in isolation, he starts writing letters to the churches that form the bulk of what we now know as the New Testament. He preaches to the soldiers and they're getting saved and he's advancing the gospel. I don't know about you, but when I'm in a tough spot, I start whinging and whining. God, where are you? What are you doing? So often it's in the worst times of our life that God does some of his greatest work. Many times the setbacks in our life are setups for what God is about to do. That often it's in the greatest challenges of our life that God does some of his greatest work in shaping the human heart. You know, John Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Program uh, while he was in a prison. And um, some of you might be in a difficult season right now. You know, all of us uh, are in this COVID-19, you know, isolation season, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I don't want to belittle any of the difficulties and challenges that some of you may be facing. 
But, but I believe if Paul was running alongside of us, he would say, don't give up. Don't let this get to you. Don't be distracted because so often God does some of his greatest work in the toughest seasons of our lives. Now, some of you may be going through a tough season today. As some of you are going through a tough season, it's got nothing to do with the season that we're in right now, but, but you're weary and you're tired. And there's, a, and there's a voice inside of your head going, give up. What is the point of all of this? If the Apostle Paul was running alongside of us, he would say, don't give up. Come on, God can do some of his greatest work in some of the most difficult times of our lives. Read the Bible. Uh, there's story after story after story about what God did through people's lives as he turned their difficult situations around and used them for his glory. Hebrews says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. All you need to do is be faithful to God. Keep serving him wherever you're planted because God has not finished with you yet. Being confident of this one thing, that he who started a good work in you shall carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. What he has said he shall do, what he has promised shall come to pass. So do not be afraid. Be strong. And keep running the race that God has marked out for you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And later he says, so that we will not become weary and lose heart. Some of us are tired of running. Some of us are weary. Some of us have tripped and fallen. We just want to quit. And Paul, Paul has come down from the stands and he's, and he's running alongside of us and he's, and he's just saying, keep on running. God has a purpose for your life. Remember the encounter you had with Jesus. Re remember who you used to be and the difference that Jesus has made in your life. Remember that. He didn't call you so that you would just fall down today. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't forget you're called by God. Make it your ambition to know Christ. And don't forget God can use some of the hard times in our life for His glory. So keep on running and finish the race that God has marked out for you. Paul was used by God in an amazing way. You read through the New Testament story after story about how God used the Apostle Paul in an amazing way. What changed the direction of his life was one encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you too can have that encounter. All you need to do is invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Paul's life changed. The direction of his life changed when he said yes to Jesus. When he made a decision to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. If Paul hadn't responded to Jesus Christ, he would have kept on doing what he was doing. But what changed the direction of his life was just simply saying yes to Jesus. And there are some of you 
His life is heading in a certain direction and and you're wondering, you know, there's got to be more. There's got to be more to life than just what I'm doing right now. There's got to be more. And the reality is there is. God's Word tells us so. Well, how do I discover what that is? It just begins by making a simple decision. By inviting Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life. You will never be the same again. Well, Pastor Joe, how do I actually do that? Well, all you need to do is pray a simple prayer from your heart. A prayer that says something along these lines. And, 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 may, and maybe you're watching this presentation today. Maybe you're watching this service today right where you are. Why don't you just bow your head and pray some words that sound something like this. It's not so much the words. It's a desire of the heart. Say, Jesus, I want you. I want, I, want, I, want to, I want to know what your plan and purpose is for my life. And if that's you, why don't you pray a simple prayer like this that says, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I give my life to you. And I want to serve you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. The Bible tells us that when we invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord of our lives, when we confess Him to be our Lord and Saviour, the Bible says that we're saved. The Bible says that there's a change and a transformation in our hearts and in our lives. And that's where it begins. Beginning to serve God begins by giving our life to Jesus Christ. I pray that we would be encouraged by these simple words, by the life of the Apostle Paul. Let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for your word. You're an amazing God. Apostle Paul's life uh, speaks to us at so many levels, Lord God. We see a man whose life was um, going in the wrong direction, Lord God. The opposite direction of where he should have been, where you wanted him to be. And when he gave his life to you, Lord God, his life was changed dramatically by your grace, for your mercy, Lord God. So Lord, I just pray that, Lord God, that you would speak to each and every one of us that we would be encouraged by his life. And that, Father, that you would help us. And, Father, I just pray for those who are weary and tired even right now. Some who are saying, how long is this going to go on for? I just pray that they would be encouraged today to keep on running the race, to be everything that you've called them to be. So that one day we will hear those words, good and faithful servant enter into eternal glory this is our prayer and we ask it in Jesus name Amen